Pastor Steve here, Grace Valley Church, Mesa, Arizona. Hey, thanks for tuning into our first sermon podcast. Sorry I don't have any intro music. I've got to get that. I always feel that's so cool rather than just a kind of a silent start. But here we are. We're going to try this format as we announced, and we hope you'll stick with us in this. Probably a little bit of a learning curve for me just speaking into a microphone all by myself with my computer in front of me. Today, we want to talk about what to do when you're discouraged. And our text will be Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll follow verses 6 through 14. Hey, listen, we all get discouraged at times. Disillusion, call it. No one's immune to it. Um, no one's immune to even the thought of my heart getting discouraged. And as we're going to see today, maybe even turning away from God and, and getting, uh, you know, just disillusioned and, and put off a little bit by what's going on and where's the help and where's God when I need him? And why is this lasting longer than it should? And I never thought that I'd be in this place or in this situation. And it's difficult. And sometimes we don't even mean to, do we? We don't even mean to get deeply discouraged. We don't, we don't even mean to necessarily even walk away from God. We just have suddenly found that we've, we've drifted there suddenly. Um, and there's some real practical advice for us today. And we're going to find that in the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at what to do when we're discouraged. So let's go to Hebrews and I'll read it to you. I'll begin again at chapter 6 in the third chapter. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. We as people, we're the house. Christians, we're the house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So... As the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Now, from verse 7 here on, the writer to the Hebrews is going to be quoting from Psalm 95, a psalm that David wrote. So this is all a quote. So today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me. And this is specifically of them grumbling about the lack of water and Moses has to strike a rock and then later speak to a rock, although he fails to do that, and water comes forth. And this is a little bit of the commentary that the Holy Spirit in Psalm 95 has about that time. Don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said... Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firm to the very end. So what do we do when we're discouraged? And here's the first point. When I'm discouraged, the first point is, I will not let my heart get hard. Okay? Verse 8 again. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. Listen, we think it just happens. I mean, that's, you know, someone's heart gets hard. We think, well, they, their heart just suddenly got hard. But 
Here, in fact, he even says, as the Holy Spirit says, don't harden your hearts. We see it's a choice. Don't heart, don't let the heart get hard. So it's a choice. Don't let it. Lead your heart. Guard your heart. That's what the Bible says, right? Guard your heart, Jesus says, for out of it is the wellspring of life, right? We're really kind of encouraged not to necessarily follow our heart. Now, we know what it means when people say follow your heart, right? We get a good feeling about something. We get a, we get a, you know, an intuition, and I get that, and I, I know what people mean when they say that. But if we're not careful, then we're always just kind of the slave to the way our hearts feel in the moment and where it's leading us. And what it's saying here is that can be dangerous because the heart can get hard and you have the ability not to let it get hard. Okay. Um, dear sister that I know in Christ, I remember talking to her about this early on when she first found Jesus and, um, and she found that really hard to believe. I don't think she really believed it necessarily at first, trusted it. She said it, she always went wrong when she didn't follow her heart on things. And we talked about it a little bit, but and I, I actually thought, I wondered if I ever convinced her of the biblical truth of guarding your heart and leading your heart and, and, and not letting it get to certain places and not trusting it at all times, you know, not squaring it with what we would call as Christians divine revelation. You know, Ten years later, we had a great conversation and I don't know how the topic, I can't remember how the topic came up, but I distinctly remember her saying, you told me long ago, you know, that we don't trust our heart on all things, that we have to examine it, we have to test it. And, and, and we talked about that for a little while. And she said, you know, I, basically she had come to that 10 years in Jesus and she had found that now to be true. Okay. And again, this is a girl who very much followed her heart on things. So we have to be careful that when we're discouraged, we don't allow our hearts to get hard. What's the opposite of a hard, ha hard heart? It, of a hard heart. Of a hard heart. It is a soft heart, right? It is a tender heart. It is a heart that's still open, that's still pliable, that God can get in there, that God can communicate, a heart that can change, a heart that can, that can still you know, if you think of the eyes, you know, open the eyes of my heart is a popular psalm, uh, you know, and a song that we've, uh, that we've turned into to praise in our churches. So open the eyes of my heart. And when the heart gets hard, it can't see what God wants it to see. It can't, it can't receive. It, can't, it doesn't have that perspective. We have the ability in the midst of a trial, in the midst that when we're disappointed, in the midst when we feel like the Israelites were, that we're in a desert and maybe we're lacking something. We have this ability to keep our hearts tender, to choose not to let the heart get hardened. And the, the writer to the Hebrews here, he indicates that it's a deception. He says, don't let your heart get hardened. In fact, he repeats it in verse 13 of the same chapter. He says, but encourage, I'm going to go down to verse 13 here, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. And he repeats the exhortation to you and me when we're discouraged. So that none of you may be what? Again, there's that word, hardened by what? Sin's deceitfulness. So there's a deception to it. And it's amazing how he personifies sin again. And often Paul does the same thing in his letters. You know, Paul writes in, in one of his letters to the churches, it was not I that was doing it, but sin in me. Now, Paul was not shifting blame like he was helpless. But what he was doing is like, 
amazing that sin has almost a mind of its own and it'll want to deceive you, right? And deceive you in hardening your heart towards God. Um, and it's almost to the point where I thought about this. It's almost like it wants to dupe you. What is deception? It is, it is pulling the wool over. It is fooling you into thinking and feeling a certain way and blaming. And that's what sin wants to do. Oh, sin would love you to just walk away from God and never return because you're discouraged, uh, because you're in a trial, because uh, th things are so disappointing right now. And you, you feel that in your emotions. And God knows you feel that in your emotions. And here's God's exhortation. This is amazing. God designed this. What he's saying is, you're not helpless at this stage. You are not helpless. You don't have to follow the hardened heart. You don't have to be deceived. You don't have to be duped, let's call it. You know, reading, reading something I can't remember if it was in the Wall Street Journal or somewhere, this, this, these polarized, we're so polarized as a nation and we're so polarized in views, it's hard to come to the middle. And I think the author of this was correct in saying both sides, if they're not careful, they're going to get duped by the message coming from both of their camps in the extreme. You know, that it's the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And none of us wants to feel like we're duped, right? None of us wants to feel like we've been played by a certain element and confused to a degree. And we've gone along, we've marched to that tune without considering other facts and you could say that's what the author is saying here. Don't get played by sin. That now you've walked away and it's, it's just played you. It's just, it's deceived you into somehow thinking that God isn't good and God isn't faithful and God's to blame and I can't trust him. And in this moment, you've got to tell yourself, listen, God, here's the practical on this. You tell yourself, like, this is how you keep your heart from getting hard. You just decide, I am not going down that path. This happened to me just recently, actually, was something that's that continues to, at times, creep up in the back of my mind. And to me, it was perhaps a missed opportunity. And I've had, you ever have a missed opportunity in life? And it could have been a missed opportunity for uh, maybe, maybe defending yourself in a certain way, or it could have been a missed opportunity with maybe a financial situation or whatever. And you, and you look back and you can get so discouraged, right? And then you can, you can wonder where the signs of God were in that and, and where was he and all that. And you've got to tell yourself at that point, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to trust God. God is faithful. I'm going to keep believing. I am not going to get played by sin to walk away because that's what sin wants me to do. So I'm just going to keep trusting you. Now, what comes to our second point of what we do when we're discouraged? And it's that question we want to answer. Well, why should I keep trusting God? Why, why should I trust him? I love it. It's, in, it. it's right here in the text. Verse 9 now. And I'll just repeat verse 8. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors, verse 9, tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. Isn't that amazing? Are you catching that? He's like, even though for 40 years you saw what I did for you, you saw my faithfulness, you saw my miracles, you saw me get you out of Egypt, you, uh, you saw me provide manna, you saw me provide food, you saw me provide leadership, you saw me provide structure, you, you saw me provide dwellings, and here you are at another trial, 
give me a break. And then the, one, you're disappointed again with the way I'm running things. For some reason, God let them, you know, in the context of this thirst, this is what they're mumbling and grumbling about no water. God let them get to that point. It was the way that, you know, God was leading his children. And, but he's angry with them. He's saying, really, after 40 years, this is the response. Now, listen, for you, yeah, for me, absolutely for me, right? Because I think we could now look at 40 years as a metaphor. Some of us haven't been in Christ for 40 years. We haven't been a Christian for 40 years. Some of, it ha- some of us have. But many of us have had a long enough walk with God where God would go, really, Steve? You know, really, Judy? Really, Jill? You know, really, Scott? For 40 years, I've shown my faithfulness to, to you, and that here you are in another rough patch, and what I get is, grumbling and testing me and complaining all the provisions all the miracles all the answered prayer in your life all the goodness that's what god's saying he said listen you've seen me at work you've seen the way i run things that i'm good that i cause all things to work together for the good so don't get discouraged what god what's god saying here again when i'm discouraged i'm i'm gonna guard my heart i'm not gonna let it get hard and then secondly from this point here verse 9 I'm just going to continue to trust God with my life. I'm going to let him have his way. In fact, I love the way the message says, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 9. The message says it this way. Even though they watched me at work for 40 years, they continued to question and doubt my ways. Isn't that amazing? So we don't want to be those people. We need to continue. You just have to decide. I'm going to decide not to let my heart go that way. I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to speak to it. I'm going to speak to myself. I'm going to speak to God. And then I'm going to tell God, I'm just going to continue to trust. I'm going to make a choice that I'm going to trust you, that I'm going to remember the 40 years of all your goodness to me, and I'm going to move on from here, and I'm going to trust you. Finally, here's the last point here we're going to grab from this great text. When I'm discouraged, I'm going to get others involved. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get others involved. Verse 12 and 13. Here's what he says again. He repeats again this warning. We read this of the hardening of heart down here in verse 12 from verse 8. He says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Verse 13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What is a huge countermeasure to the hardening of a heart? It's it's others, isn't it? You get others involved. Now listen, you, you, you can't have someone encourage you if you don't open up, right? In fact, we, what we call this is, I've heard you know, popular... Um, Christian psychologists call this, you you invite someone into the well with you. Listen, we all kind of fall into a well at times, right? You've heard the story of, of kids falling into wells or minor, miners in, a, in, in large um, shafts, and they're waiting, but there's, there's people down there with them or there's people talking to them, you know? And, and we all need that, and we all get in there, and God doesn't want us to be alone. So the writer to the Hebrews says, listen, encourage there's the temptation before you, right? Is to forget God's faithfulness. Is to, you know, perhaps drift away or just decide, 
I'm too discouraged and our heart begins to harden up. And what he's saying is get others involved like immediately. You don't go through it alone. And we know and you know that the key to growth is people. Okay. Someone said, and I didn't say it, I've just repeated it over the years that people are God's plan A for our lives. That's why he calls it the body of Christ if you're a Christian. And he's created you to receive from others, to be encouraged from others. But as I said, someone can encourage you if they don't know what you're going through, okay? I, I told this to a friend. This is probably three or four, maybe longer months ago. He's in a different state. He's gone through a, a discouraging time, a breakup, and some other things that he still hadn't brought fruition in his life. And I just, I told him, listen, I'm in the well with you. You can call and I don't need to say much. I just let's just process this together, you know. So you you stay afloat, you know. You keep your head above water in the well there, and until it's over. And and it did pass. And he, you know, we will check in with one another once in a while. But he he doesn't need need me like he did, right? He doesn't need me to to keep him in the right place to encourage him to to trust God and or to gain perspective um, to what he's going through. So you and I. We need people in the well with us when we're discouraged. I, I remember being at a conference with John Townsend, and he's, he's written books like Boundaries with Henry Cloud. He told a really great story. He said when he was a kid, um, and I, I believe he had, he had a, a, a disease had struck him at a certain age, and it had begun to cripple him, and he couldn't use his legs, and they, they put him in, in braces and then gave him cr- crutches, and they, they told his parents that he really had to do the work, that he could, you know, gain the nerve back, gain the muscle back, but it was going to take real effort. And he, he had to use the muscles on his own. And, here, and they exhorted the parents. He said, I remember them telling my parents, you cannot help John. He's got to do the hard work on his own. Um, and then he told the story. He remembers one day in church, they were going up to the balcony or coming down from the balcony. I can't remember if they were up or down. And he was just struggling and stumbling and half falling and crawling at points. And, you know, his parents were either waiting at the bottom or waiting at the top. And he remembers overhearing a couple or a couple people at the church say something like, what type of parents are those, you know, that wouldn't help their son? And John said, (laughs) John said later in life, you know, when he had, you know, once that's been healed, had gained use of his legs and all the strength was back. He had he called his mother years later and said to her, this is funny, he says to her, you know, mom, you're one of the most codependent people I know. What kept you from not helping me and babying me all those years and 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 just allowing me to do all the hard work? And 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 he said, she said to me, John, every time I felt like I can't do this one more minute, what she said was an awful lot of times, she said, I'd call a friend. And and together, you know, I'd get back to the right frame of mind, you know, to not get my hands in there when I shouldn't get my hands in there and just to, and, and to move on. So if you're feeling discouraged, listen, don't let your hearts get hard. Don't, don't be deceived that way. It is a deception, okay, to let the heart get hard and turn away from God. And then just continue to trust God. Like you've been trusting him all these years and you've seen his faithfulness. Just Continue to let God have his way in his sovereignty and his providence over your life. He's good and he's gracious 
and he heals and he restores. But he also says, like, you know, don't be duped. How, how, how long do you have to keep, do I have to keep showing myself where the next difficult time you're not put in a tailspin? And then finally, I think the only way we really overcome it is if we're going through it alone. So, you know, before you get to that bad place, process process it with someone and especially someone right who will have the right frame of mind and shares the same type of view of the world and God in it with you and then you know thank God for all this and 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 say that you're going to trust him and you know you're you're not going to go that way and you're going to you're going to stay in this uh, until God brings forth like he did for the Israel brings forth relief or victory or whatever it is that you're waiting for and what I'm waiting for. So maybe you've walked away. Maybe even some of you listening, you, you walked away a long time ago. Maybe you're beginning to come back. Maybe you haven't come back. You've just had these, this period of discouragement. And yes, you'd say, I've, I've let my heart get a little hard. Listen, come back to God. God, you know, Jesus says so many stories about this, doesn't he? So many parables of, of God, the Heavenly Father, waiting Tears in his eyes, maybe, but just waiting for you to come back and welcome you back into the fold and into his arms. So come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your revelation. Thanks for graciously just sticking with us in all these hard times that so many of us go to. And for this warning of not letting our hearts get hard and, and lead us away. And may we listen to your voice as we're exhorted to, and respond. And thank you again, Lord, for all that you've done for us. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, guys, thanks again for joining us. Join us next week for our next message.